Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Welcome to the Weekly Review. Each week we gather here with a bundle of useless information about pop artists, TV shows and stuff that generally serves to keep us entertained and shielded from woes. For instance, people our age are quite excited about the imminent release of a new documentary about the Velvet Underground, directed by Oscar-nominated film director Todd Haynes. But is Gen Z interested at all in the legacy of a band every music journalist hailed as one of the most influential art rock bands of all times? Hmm. We'll also discuss rock and roll nepotism. Tom York's son, Noah, has released new music. Is it possible to leap out of the tall shadows of a legendary musician? Our album of the week belongs to Neo's creamy record, And Then Life Was Beautiful. Ben Cardew and I, Johan Wald, aren't getting any younger, but... Marvai Verdu brings us a chalice full of water from the fountain of youthful knowledge. Just you wait till you hear what our official young person brings us today. You're listening to The Weekly Review. Saddle up and ride with us for the next hour. This is really good. I like I like them flutes. What is this? I don't just bring you any old nonsense, Johan. Mm -hmm. this, this is uh, Elka. Who's Elka? Uh, a London producer, I think. Eng English producer, signed to Ninja Tunes. Um, she very much caught my attention because she uh, did a song called Alexandra, and as you as you oh. well know, my my wife is called Alexandra, so I'm mm. always looking out for. For those those kind of songs, and I believe, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, that it was that that song, Alexandra, was a tribute to Elka's uh, partner at the time. Oh. So it was it was all very very loving. Unfortunately, I sent it to my own wife on WhatsApp, and I don't think she even it sort of registered it was her name. I think she just saw there was a link to music and went, oh great, and then didn't listen to it. That's oh, my suspicion. Oh man, you're cute. Act didn't get no, but noticed. You know, no, but do you know what? Do you know what? I, I sent a message, well, a tweet or something to Elka uh, herself, and I said, look, oh, I really love this because my wife is called Alexandra, and she said something like, that makes me so happy. So oh. we have conclusive proof. At that least someone a, appreciated. Yeah, well, like a brilliant <laughs> recording artist listened to me more than my wife. <laughs> that is why. Well, one of the reasons I like Elka, what a great song that is. Come it is. No, no, this is this is going to my secret playlist. You're playing a lot of London music lately, in general. You're very London-focused. I must say, mm, I like it. Ah, oh, right. Well, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it, but I lived there for ten years. It's kind of seeped, <laughs> yeah. seeped. Into, I say she's London. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, she's certainly English. But, okay, uh, but, exactly. Yeah, but that they, they've got to have something to bring them up. They haven't got any petrol. You know. I know. <laughs> and that's so apocalyptic. Like seeing people run out of aha Brexiters. Um, but. That's the kind of starting of the downfall when there's no petrol, especially for the trucks to supply the supermarkets and that Everything. kind of stuff. I'm starting to get a bit nervous. 
Like that show years and years. Like I can see the, oh, the, the, the decay of society. Don't watch years and years. Oh, it's, it's no, a, I couldn't. I couldn't. I swear, there's some there's some entertainment out there. The other day, I watched a film called uh, The Father, or it's called mm -hmm. El Padre in Spanish, with Anthony Hopkins. It's the one he won the Oscar for, and it also stars um, Olivia Colman. And it's a film about uh, an old man going through dementia. And I thought, what? Who? How did this film get produced? It's excellent. It's really well made, and it really gives you an insight into what it must feel like almost to to have dementia. Like they, they use all kinds of camera trickery and narrative um, resources to to really give you the feeling of confusion that this this poor old man is having constantly by being de demented. And I just thought, how did the scriptwriter get this film made? Because if you give this to any producer, they're like, who wants to watch a, f a film about this kind of suffering, which which we may face at some point in our lives? It really makes you afraid of the old age. Anyway, mm -hmm. that and clicking on links uh, on the WhatsApp, like you sent your wife uh, <laughs> a musical link. I a always, lovely link. Yeah, but I know, but I, it, it makes me nervous. It makes me anxious when people send links because I know they're going to be interesting. It makes my wife anxious, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't open them. I don't know. All of it, anyway, I, I just feel older. Like link, having to click on links makes me feel older because <laughs> it, it produces anxiety in me. And watching films with Anthony Hopkins brilliantly playing a, a demented person also is it's it's set me off all week. Can I can I just say something about Elka? She's London based, but she was born in Cardiff. Ah, there we go. I just, just found that out. But everyone moves to London. That's where it all happens. Oh, phone ringing. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it's electronic sounds from the, <laughs> yeah. your very own host of Lionel. <laughs> anyway, um, shall we have a listen to another East London musician who has released what we consider our album of the week? And her name is Neo. Although I, like an old boomer, was saying now <laughs> and making all kinds of jobs, uh, jokes about listening, listen to her right now. But no, her <laughs> name is pronounced Neo. Brown sugar, she a chocolate snack Fire girl, she don't take no flack You take this song with you when you leave the room Maze incredible I put you on the pedestal I'm in all your magical You are special You changed my life is a Neo um, she's uh, as I said she's from East London um, well she that she resides in East London her real name is Neo De Neo well Neo Jessica Joshua and she's follow up 2000 followed up 2018's critically acclaimed Saturn with her third album and then life was beautiful written during the pandemic and coinciding with the birth of her child which I guess explains the title the record features guests like Adekunle Gold who I think we're hearing right now Serpent with feet, Lucky Day, and Lian La Havas. It's a silky collection of smooth soul and R&B songs in the vein of what critics referred to as wonky funk when they wrote about her previous album. Ben, give us your professional assessment of this album. It's just kind of gorgeous, isn't it? It's really yes. golden and sort of soothing. You know how we were talking about how uh, stressed we were getting by, you know, um, various TV series and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This is the absolute antidote. Don't you feel incredibly good just listening to that? And the incredible thing about this song um, that, that we're listening to at the moment is basically she... Well, she made the album after she'd just had a kid. Mm. And... Um, 
or well, sort of around having having a child. I think it was in, it was in play. But and like you know, Johan, you and me both know what it is when when you've had a child. And uh, I personally was not making any silk and funk. I was you know <laughs> qu- quite the opposite. And in fact, when she made this song with uh, Adam Kule Gold, he'd also just had a child. So like this is the sound of like I, these people are superhuman. How do they do it? You know. I mean, you're, you're probably more relaxed than me, but I was at this point just like crying in a heap <laughs> if he put nappies or, or something like that. And they're making antidote. Good work. Very good work. I mean, I liked what one review said. It's uh, one of the gifts about this album, you know, writing an album when you've just had a kid is you can dangerously fall into a territory of being a bit sappy and a bit um, cheesy. And they mentioned the example of Stevie Wonder's Isn't She Lovely? Which is a great song. It's a great mm-hmm. song. You know? yeah. it's like, and it's the song that every parent wants to play for their child. You know how I noticed what I love about music now is that all the songs that sing about my my baby, I love you, baby, and stuff, it's like, oh, great, there are songs about my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's it's not so much about my my partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being cruel, mm-hmm. um, but it's yeah, it's nice to extrapolate all those wonderful, brilliant songs that talk about baby, I love you, baby, love, baby, this, that, the other, and it's yeah, take it to children. But anyway, this this album, th- it does get a little bit sappy on a song, better friend, because it reminds me of. I patch one hit wonder Gabrielle maybe maybe for the way she well, sings one hit like, wonder come on she had a few hits don't be rude yeah but dreams was the one that everyone kind of remember I can't uh, she had dreams and what else Gabrielle. sunshine through my window she the, which yeah. was uh, right I'm getting into can, can I can I be boring for a second hang on no, no, no garage is cool there's a very good uh, UK garage remix of that oh yeah by yeah. Wookie. And uh, she, there was a Daft Punk remix of one of, of one of her tracks as well which you mentioned about. that in yeah, your I book did. I didn't know which, which, which what forget about the world. And it was a remix of a Gabrielle song done by Daft Punk. Yes, which they include in their live set today. Oh, okay. I need to revisit that song. Um, Mark, what do do you like this uh, honey jar uh, R&B? Yeah, I love it because to me it was totally like cheesy and sappy and everything (laughs) you said, but I love that. Um, And it reminded me of um, like... Early 2000s or 90s R&B like Brandy and early Beyonce and Neo, not Neo, Neo. Neo, yeah. Well, it's pronounced the same, but I know yeah, who you mean. But, uh, yeah, and and didn't he wear an eye patch? No, he wore no, he wore like a like a fedora, like a fedora, <laughs> yeah, but, but covering yeah. one of his eyes. And and I. I didn't know I needed this kind of music back and, and I was listening and I was like, yes, this is what we need. This is this kind of R&B of being this like kind of... I, I didn't know it was about having a child. I, I thought it was kind of sexy. Mm. I don't know but if it's I about don't. having a child, but like or, or th- that kind of happened. The, the happiness the... that brings having a child. But to me, I was reading it as sexy R&B. So I don't know if children are just part of what I imagined, but... <laughs> Um, I, I really enjoyed it and I didn't know her but um, she I, I really enjoyed her voice and and all all the songs actually there's some really interesting um, uh, songs well the, the ideas of the songs as well like um, uh, the the opening song or the title song and then life mm-hmm. was beautiful has a brilliant opening line change came like a hurricane 2020 hit us differently um, I didn't like it and even though I didn't want it the slow life got hold of me which is a lovely way of looking at it isn't it it's kind of like you know, in a way, it's sort of quite lockdowny because it's not like you know, go out and 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 um, run around in in the park when mm. you can't. It's like yeah, 
just home. You know, it's all right. I would have found it very comforting in the lockdown, I, I think. This lyric is the only thing I didn't like about the album. Really? What's wrong with that? <laughs> because it feels like it's too close. Like, the trauma is too close. Like, let's wait a few years to talk about 2020 in in lyrics and stuff it's like not yet I, I, don't, I don't know it feels like it's still going and yeah 2020 blah 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 it's, it's like 2020 is not still going if yeah <laughs> well it kind of is it feels like it is but uh, I don't know it's like yeah I don't next next sentence not this one alright well also there's a song called Burnt Out which is that she's got chronic fatigue syndrome Hmm. Um, and again, quite a hard thing to talk about in, in a song, mm-hmm. but I, I thought she did really well. And there's a line from this. Um, she called it burnt out because it was easy to sing burnt out and then singing chronic fatigue syndrome, which I think we can all agree with. And in fact, she posted a video to Twitter just the other day talking about how she isn't going to go, uh, isn't going to tour the record because, yeah, she has chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh. And, she, she's, and she's got um, a newborn child. It's hard to go on tour, I guess, when... No, when you've just been a parent. I don't know. I don't know how rocks, uh, musicians, artists do that. I mean, I, no, I saw it once. I remember that band, um, Poliza or Poli, I can't remember. There was some band that was playing, they were playing in Toulouse and it was a husband and wife situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they, they had a kid in the backstage and with a carer. And it struck me, it's like, wow, what a nice way to be a family on the road and stuff. But at the same time, I th- no, no, they, they, I have no reserves. I think it was a good, they had it well organized anyway. Well, you, uh, you know Rigoberto Bandini? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They, the whole family is like the, and they've been Because it's her cousin and her, her and husband, husband who are the co in yeah, the band. Yeah. And they also brought their kid backstage, weren't they, when they played the forum? Yeah, they, they've been touring all summer, so they had to bring the child everywhere yeah. i yeah, guess yeah. or they left it with someone but yeah it's it's it must be difficult well, it must be weird coming off stage and you're all like yeah everyone's cheering my name mm-hmm. and you you kind of rather than you know going out and being a star you're just gonna <laughs> go and look after a baby you know and your baby's like i don't care I want <laughs> yeah. yeah there were twenty thousand people singing it. i don't care <laughs> oh, so we listen to another cut from now's uh deli- neo neo neo's <laughs> delicious album this is woman touch like everyone else we're in a rut but alas alas we have a guiding star with her finger on the pulse mar <laughs> still not over it i will never be I well we're it. gonna be playing it every week <laughs> every week just you wait till we get the remix <laughs> can't wait what well, do you bring today yeah today i don't bring a rant with me so that's uh, that's something that must be good for someone because i I get stressed when I talk too much, but I, I <laughs> I'm because I'm still catching my breath from last week. Last week was intense. Um, 
but I, I bring like a, a chill section today. Like, what have we missed? Not, not me, but some people missed on the internet mm -hmm. this week. I got you. Uh, I've constantly, chronically on the internet. So <laughs> I, I will make a little sum up of what has been going on. And let me tell you that uh, there's a lot going on. Well, yeah, it, there's a lot. Basically, first up, and most importantly, Grimes and Elon Musk are over. No. Finally, they have. Yeah, well, they're semi. Uh, they said semi, which I'd like you to discuss. We'd like to discuss. It, it, semi break. And she's so happy that they that say they're they're over. Everybody, is, let us rejoice in happiness. No, but like, isn't this going to be like the moment when like a friend's like, yeah, oh yeah, I've split up with Steve. You're like, God, I never liked Steve, and then they get back with Steve and a week later. Yeah. Oh that, yes. Yep. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. Dear listener, never express your disdain for a, an, an ex of a friend because, as Ben said, they might, they might get back together yeah. down the line and then you're going to be left there grinning like an idiot at but the dinner table. In Grimes and Elon Musk case, even when they were together, everybody was saying, we hate Elon Musk, we hate him, dump him, he's horrible, what are you doing? And she had to come up with, like, guys... Um, It's kind of traumatic that you all hate my husband and the father of my kid. But he's Elon Musk. Of course, we hate wait, him. Wait, wait. She said that on yeah, social? Yeah. She said in like, a tweet or in a video? I, I don't know if, I, if it was a TikTok or a TikTok <gasps> comment or something like that. And she said like that her fans relation to her relationship with Elon Musk was kind of traumatic. Oh. <laughs> It it is because it is traumatic to see Grimes and Elon Musk together. But finally, we can celebrate. They're no longer together. I don't care if they stay friends or they semi broken up. No, they're broken up to me and to everybody because everybody wanted this and it's finally here. Even though she was with him for three years and they had a baby, so uh, um, that means something about Grimes that maybe it's not that we hate Elon Musk, but now we don't love Grimes as much because we have to reconsider what kind of person would be with Elon Musk. Yeah, but that kind of proves that because I think what they must have got along because he is a nerd. Yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, good yeah. sense of the word, uh, like like he he must be highly intelligent. He must have some really interesting conversations about the galaxy. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not the dumbest. He's not the, the no. He's not the bluntest tool in the shed. If you know, this is the man at the front of yeah. SpaceX and his uh, the, the Tesla cars. But he's the money guy. He's not the guy that thinks. And how could it be possible? He's just there, like. I always thought he. I don't know. Eh? I, I'm, I haven't seen videos of him giving conferences, but I always thought he was a bit like a Steve Jobs kind of guy who's no. hands-on. Like he comes up I with concepts I and think has he experts. He wants to, to be portrayed and perceived as this, but yeah. he's he's not. Uh, you just have to see it. Like his Twitter, it's it's kind he, of cringy. I know, but he. It, Like traditionally, these kind of mag magnates, magnates, yeah, is, 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 is it magnates? Yeah. Magnates. You know, they, they usually end up with trophy wives or, yeah. you know. So the fact that he started dating with Grimes showed that he must have uh, an, a, an, in an interesting interior world, no? Well, or maybe they don't. Like, that's Not to say that trophy wives, sorry, uh, I didn't want to disrespect what is what would be referred to as a trophy wife. Uh, but, it, but if you know what I mean, like Grimes is also a quirky, nerdy, interesting but girl. I love this idea of like, you get two people and like, who seem really interesting. Like, I just love the idea of them sitting around at home. They've got nothing to say to each other. <laughs> and like, you know, Ellen's like, so did you see uh, White Lotus and Grimes? is like, nah, not yet. And they're like, <laughs> tumbleweed I blows. think he, he wants to like, act like he 
understands Grimes and he's quirky too, but yeah. he's not. And it, it's over. And the main reason I'm happy about this and I'm personally celebrating apart from the obvious one, it's because we might end up finally having the Grimes and Azalea Banks collab that originated one of the weirdest episodes in celebrity history. You yes. know the one? When she uh, Azalea was in the house yeah. tweeting in, <laughs> yeah. in the, from the Elon yeah. uh, Grimes residence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she uh, Azalea took Instagram stories obviously, as she does, um, to talk about the, the breakup once it was announced. And she wrote, okay, girl, can we finally make those darn songs now that Apartheid Clyde is out of the way? What's this Apartheid Clive thing? Because isn't he from South Africa or something like oh, that? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Apartheid Clyde, is that like a thing? An Apartheid no, Clyde? I don't, I don't like th- a Karen? I don't think it is. I just looked it up and like gives, it gives basically... Someone and he's called white. He could be called Clyde. I don't know. Azalea is... I don't know. She's now so that funny apartheid to me. Clyde is out of the way. <laughs> it's okay. I I just love her. Um, and then she said, "We were really supposed to eat these bitches up, and they would if they released this song." I'm just crossing my fingers that this collab finally happened. That Grimes, um, if she's so money driven like her ex husband mm. is, um, she will put apart. Uh, put aside her pride and will think about how iconic it would be but not only that and how but also how many royalties it would bring because I would be listening to this song if it existed non-stop whatever they come up with I know it will be iconic but let's not get our well my hopes too high um because last this summer actually um she was supposed to put out a song that was called 100% tragedy that her record label ended up not letting her release huh. rhymes meaning um and and apparently the song was about having to defeat Azalea Banks when she tried to destroy my life Whoa. so <laughs> the friendship is not there quite but the pot- the creative mess it would be i I just I can I believe it can happen. So I have a feeling it's not easy being a friend of Azalea Banks. <laughs> no, I, she's a bit like. treacherous. I don't know. I don't try. I wouldn't trust her in my house. Like looking no, through my bathroom a, and, and neither Grimes. No, none. Both are Grimes. Like Azalea is upfront of how crazy she is, and I think Grimes is just sneakier. I, I don't mm. know. She can backstab at least Azalea stabs you in the face like yeah. you know she's going to yeah. but Grimes hmm. but they have this connection like crazy energy connection they have to to they're, do something they're the kind of celebrities like I reckon you'd meet them and then like they'd be expecting you were going to try to hang out with them but you'd just like give them a very polite handshake and leave and they'd be a bit like oh what what what, what? I, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> are you going to stay here and tell me how <laughs> exactly. great I am exactly and I'd just be like no goodbye. I'm nice to meet you very politely and then run that. off in the, in the opposite <laughs> direction Hmm. Well, um, other news. Other news. Other news that happened. Um, <gasps> Nicki Minaj. Okay. Uh, we we remember Nicki Minaj's story on her cousin's swollen testicles <laughs> and never very weird anti vaccine <laughs> propaganda. Well, obviously, we're never going to forget it's one for the books. But the thing is that it seemed impossible, but it's taking a darkest turn. Like the whole story is. They, it's getting weirder. Yeah. Well, not weirder. It's darker. It would be the, the thing. So apparently, this week, um, Nikki and her husband are due to testify in court. Well, no one seems to be talking about that, and that has got mm, me and other people suspicious. Like, oh, the timing of these tweets is a little bit too perfect, um, and it seems 
to want to distract us from something, maybe your sex offender husband could be the one. And and it's like, is Nikki spreading anti-vax propaganda <sighs> to, to cover her sex offender it's husband? A, it's a, what do you call that? Señuelo, like a, a de yeah, de yeah, deviating the attention. A hundred percent. A weird way to do that, but a very effective one. If you say the story of the swollen testicles, you know we're gonna be talking about that for weeks. And uh, very appropriately, we won't be th thinking or knowing that you're going to court um, to testify because your husband is literally a sex offender and is potentially going ten additional years in jail because he has already been there and um, for failing to register himself as a sex offender in California because he moved there to Cal he moved to California and if you, he was from New York he was a sex a registered sex offender there and if you move um, places you have to be registered in the new place you move because so the police knows you're there and oof, he failed to do that so maybe he's going to jail again um, for for yeah for Wh trying. What exactly did he do? I mean, wh when it a sex sex offense. I, I've, I've got it. I was just looking. I was just wondering that myself, actually. Um, uh, he was uh, the charges stem from this from enemy. The charges stem from nineteen ninety five case where Petty was convicted uh, of first degree attempted rape in New York after pleading oh. guilty. He served four years in prison following the incident. Uh -huh. Both them. And actually, the the court testifying that they have this week, it's because both Nikki and the, the sex offender um, are like uh, pressuring the girl, well, the woman now um, that that was the victim, um, to to shut up and and take uh, um, cancel the the charges that she put out, and and so he that he's not no longer a sex offender, mm -hmm. and and the woman is like, no, leave me alone. This this is my story. I'm I'm not gonna take your freaking money, and and they're contacting his fa her family and and everyone and trying to make. To silence her, and mm. and she put out like a, a an Instagram like, leave me alone, blah blah blah, and she um, went to the police to try to make make them stop. Mm. So tough times for the barbs. Um, tough times for the barbs, and uh, tough time as well for R. Kelly, who's been convicted uh, convicted of racketeering and um, um, organizing a kind of a illegal sex prostitution, sex yeah. trafficking. That's it. I can't come the come up with the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> people are falling down. Tough times, but during tough times, what can we do? <laughs> Segwaying my way into the next one. <laughs> oh, <God>, please <laughs> cheer us up. I'm, I'm feeling. During tough times, we need escapism. And what better way of escapism than Trashy TV? We all love Trashy TV. Trashy TV is the best thing of entertainment. And what rhymes with Trashy TV? Be Emily in Emily Paris. Because <laughs> it's pa not Paris, Paris. I don't know where you were going. Emily in Paris. <laughs> so we have um, two new seasons of the best Trashy TV um, shows out there. Emily uh -huh. in Paris oh is back and yes. with... Mm, horrendous outfits and very dislikable characters <sighs> that we all love to hate and that what better, better way to unite as people than to hate the same thing, Emily in Paris. But not only that, w because we will watch Emily in Paris in just one day and just one sitting, we will also have the Bridgertons to the cover, the se season two to cover our 
escapism needs um and it it's the the best kind of soft Victorian porn is ready for season two. And even though the hot duke won't be there anymore. What? Yeah. Oh, I, spoiler. His character ended in the first season? Yeah. Um, I, I guess the producers expected him to sign for a season two because he got so famous because of that. And yeah. he said no. He was no, not, not doing it anymore. Really? Yeah. So we Why have, do actors do that? I don't know because it was w- working for him. Yeah, but I, uh, that guy wasn't, was no one until he got the, exactly. p- the role in Bridgerton's and they made him a cover star. He was like the sexiest man in America, blah, blah, mm. blah. Um, well, oh. now we won't have him, but I've seen the trailer and we will have um, the brother or I don't know who it was. I don't care. We will have again the enemies to lovers trope and we all love it. I don't care if it's basically the same narrative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all we want. And we will be watching lots of TV apparently this upcoming month and, and I can't wait. And what have I also watched, an honorable mention um, in this uh, week on the internet is the Fenty show ah. that was back um, for its third time um, the third year oh. that Rihanna puts out this amazing amazing show of stupidly beautiful people and amazing outfits and, uh, and lingerie and everything and this year we um, had artists like Daddy Yankee mm-hmm. I like to see him there uh, apparently he's retiring but what a w- way to retire if you are on the Fenty, well, uh, he didn't retire on the Fenty show, but <laughs> before retiring, he <laughs> went to the Fenty show, so that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and Eric Abadu was there too, and a lot of other amazing artists and people uh, appearances by um, Cindy Crawford, uh, Ariana Lim, Ariana Lima, and another Victoria's Secret Angels, which I love to see because it's like the biggest f you to to Victoria's Secret yeah. um, being on the Fenty show. Yeah. TikToker Bella Porch. Two of my favorite drag queens, Godmik and Simone. Gabrielle <laughs> from Nasty Cherry. We talked about oh, Nasty Cherry. Oh, I love Nasty Cherry. And, and she's amazing. She, I, I follow her on Instagram and I think she's the coolest girl out there now. And my new favorite nepotism kid, Miss Lourdes Leon. Madonna's looks, daughter. Yeah, she looks amazing. I think she's going to be one of the new top nepotism kids next to Lily Rose Depp and all these other cool kids. And and Brianna obviously was there as well. She didn't sing, obviously. What is she going to do? But a was singer it, singing? Was what? it like last year where it's a TV special with musical... Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Numbers. Oh, um, okay. In Prime Video, whatever the ah. thing is called. And, and it's 40 minutes and I was like... Am I gonna watch 40 minutes of beautiful people just walking on lingerie? Yes, I am. It's <laughs> so entertaining. I I get my eyes out of the TV for 40 minutes straight. It's one of the most entertaining things I've ever Very seen. Good. And and yes, I that's what you missed on the internet. Speaking of fashion, I saw that Versace did a presented a collection in 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 joint in con- collaboration in collaboration with uh, Fendi. Fendi, yeah. Uh, directed Fendi by Kim Dutch. Jones, and they had uh, Kate Moss walking the catwalk mm-hmm. with Amber Valletta. You got to be brave to walk next to a woman who's one head taller than you, but it's Kate Moss. I, she, she I was gonna say to she's Kate Moss. I know, but you'd think <laughs> she'd walk out. Alone, you know, because Kate is it deserves to go out on her own because yeah. she's such an icon, as well as Amber Valletta. But they they both came out together, you know. They they 
and uh, that was an iconic moment. I didn't care too much for the collection. I think it's a bit too much. These no. collaborations, it's a bit over the top. It's like having uh, pancakes with extra ice cream <laughs> and and chocolate fudge yeah. and stuff. It's like too much of a good, too much of something. And not a good thing. On the show. Other in a Buddhism kids were invited, and um, Lila Moss, um, um, Kate Moss's his daughter, daughter, and I don't think she she went on the catwalk, but um, she is already becoming a little bit of a Kate, new Kate, Kate Moss. She's been on, on other runways, mm. and she's besties with Iris Law and Jude Law's daughter. And both of them are so pretty, and they're so iconic, and they're Uh, Instagram queens. Because Jude Law's ex-wife, Sadie Frost, is It's Kate Moss's best friend. Ah, that makes sense. Mm. They're amazing. Mm. I, I love nepotism. <laughs> I love nepotism. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> It must be hard. This is a question we, we kind of ask on today's show. Like, how do you grow out of the shadow of a parent when your, when your mother is Kate Moss or in the world of music if your father was John Lennon? which we shall get onto a bit further ahead. But before that, I want to recap and s test if I learned the chugi lesson oh, nice. that you brought last week because it was a term that I still wasn't sure if I'd know how to use well. You know, I mean, I was a little bit lost on that. But I made a list of what I think would qualify as chugi for you to assess, Mar. Can't also, wait. I felt that the term <laughs> leaned heavier towards female trends. So I made a list of male chuginess. I love it. Uh, what Begoña Gómez Urzaiz would refer to as heterocursilerías in Spanish, <laughs> right? Men who post photos of Wagyu steaks and high-five in front of Salt Bay, the Chugi. Turkish chef. Uh, Three-piece grey Prince of Wales suits like Guy Ritchie and Sergio Ramos wear. I'm guilty of having loved it, loved the trend back in the mid-2000s, so long ago. But footballers always find ways of spoiling fashion. <laughs> Divorced men... Hang on, is that Chuggy or not? Is it? I think it's... Is it? Chuggy to the T. It's uh, very chuggy, all of you are saying, yeah. Good. Especially like if, if they've got tattoos like poking out and they're holding a pint glass. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, I'm rough, but I'm elegant, you know. <laughs> it's like, it, it was super cool, but now it's a bit chuggy. Um, yes, I said it right. Another thing I think would qualify as chuggy, divorced men who ride mountain bikes on their own to t and take selfies at the top of a hill to let their followers know that they're getting over that breakup. Chuggy. Very chuggy, right? <laughs> Guys who deliberately post <laughs> shitty photos on Instagram thinking that they are superior to the millennials who curate every aspect of their posts. You're not fooling anyone. You're just a star for attention as everyone else. Chugi. Oh my God, Johan, you are killing it. Four out of four. <laughs> photos of 80 sports cars with that Kodak filter. Chugi. Chugi, wow. right? Yeah. Posting a photo of the bill at a fancy restaurant, especially if that bill has four digits, when half the bill was spent on two bottles of very typical champagne like Cristal or Perrier Jouet. I just want to slap that man in the face. Next level Chugi. Next level Chugi. <laughs> Framing a simple photo with a white frame to make it look like gallery material when it's just a <laughs> shitty photo taken with your smartphone. Yeah, Very Chugi, right? And you know how I know all these things? Because you can find them on my Instagram feed. If you look back, I have everything of these things. I'm so avant basic, I'm uber basic. So it takes one to know one. I am Chugi. Uber basic? Uber, uber basic. Yeah, not avant Boy, basic, that. uber basic. Yep. That's why um, I need to reinvent my Instagram. <laughs> anyway, um, but yes, we were talking about Fenty collection earlier. So how about we listen to a little bit of the lady behind that collection, Rihanna. And you got me like 
track. Anyway, nepotism. How to exist in the shadow of a famous or legendary parent. Noah York, son of Tom, has released his new song, which uh, you'll be listening to in a bit. And it's impossible to ignore how familiar it sounds. Um, play a little bit of... Oh, is it playlisted? Yeah, it is. Should be Noah York trying too hard. Ah, it's because we... Yeah, sorry, I jumped a separator. <laughs> gorgeous uh, it, it's it just sounds like a tom york song it sounds like it's him singing with a slightly less higher pitch ben you're the you're a very big radiohead fan just like i am what what's your take on this i think it's kind of quite interesting because he had this other um project that was very different that was all like using i think it's got alec owen that was using like, really heavy electronic beats and stuff and it kind of he like. was singing on it as well but it, it sort of felt a little bit like he was maybe trying to get away from the radiohead thing because he wasn't using the 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 Noah york name and he was sounding quite different and this it just sounds like he's like oh sorry and it sounds like and, and kind of <laughs> i it kind of i think it like the reason he did it is because it came very naturally and i kind of think like i actually quite respect that because in a way like it would have been far easier for him to be like make sort of like techno or something like yeah. that and they'd be like okay we're not going to compare it all that much to what your dad did but when you make something that's actually just incredibly radiohead ish then like it's like you're basically just inviting people to make comparison as we are which is why i like it i think it's quite brave in a in a funny way I mean, all right, you know, he's, I'm sure he's set up financially for life, doesn't need to do it, that kind of thing, and he's going to get loads and loads of attention. But all the same, you know, really is opening yourself for quite a lot of criticism. Yeah. Mm, I didn't read the situation that way. I like your way of seeing it, but I saw it as, a, like, if, as you said, if he had a previous career um, with a different sound, it looked, at first, from my negative perspective, it looks like he first got a sound that he liked and people maybe didn't pay as much attention. And then he went like, OK, you want the Radiohead? I'm going to give you the freaking Radiohead. Here you have it. Um, compare me. Yes, I'm the son. Yes, this is what you want from me. Then get it. But maybe it, <laughs> it's not It's because it's not even the voice. It's not just the voice. Even the chord changes. It, it has the kind of wonky little touches that Tom York usually adds in, in, in the songs that he writes on the guitar. 
It must be very hard to resist the temptation to follow a parent's footsteps, given that you've probably grown up witnessing people at work in recording studios, on tour, and even intimate writing sessions at home. Plus, if your mum or dad is David Bowie or Annie Lennox, there's a long line of managers and record executives who will give you the time of day to listen to your demo. But I can't remember where I recently heard some character on a TV show say that children of successful people rarely amount to much in life. There's oh, that's harsh. I know, I know, but they, it was It like, must be true. It's it it it's a it's a trait. It's a general trait. There's a lack yeah. of hunger that's usually essential in driving talent far ahead into new outstanding heights. But alas, there have been a few exceptions. Well, I, while you were away, Johan, we absolutely went mad over uh, Eve Hewson, who is Bono's daughter. Oh yeah. Who yeah, yeah. Was, wait, uh, wait. Well, uh, yeah. Eve Hewson, the, mm-hmm. the, the the film director. Uh, a- no, a- actor, actor. Eve. Hewson. Eve Hewson. Because <laughs> I know she was Eve... in Behind Her Eyes, yeah. which we absolutely loved. It was an incredible yeah. series, and I was very skeptical about it. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it was absolutely astounding. You were off having children, don't worry yeah. about it. Um, and then there's Elijah Hewson as well, who is uh, in a successful band called Inhaler, who've had a number one album recently. Okay. The Hewsons are ruling it. Okay, okay. Yeah, but and and it's the, so it's Bono and Al- Ali? I think it's Ali, yeah. Ali, yeah. Uh, Ali, you know, oh, go Ali, but Mrs. Bono. <laughs> Bono's <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> but um, no, but there have been there have been legendary cases where the children have stepped up and even become as big or even greater than their father. Examples: Tim Buckley uh, was had a son called Jeff Buckley, and Jeff Buckley's legacy, uh, well, at least in in, in since the nineties, is overshadowed his father, even though his father was a quite a prominent name in the in the sixties folk uh, scene. Also in the folk world, Loud and Wainwright the third and the McGarrigal sisters, well, where his wife um, uh, Kate McGarrigal uh, sang, uh, they spawned Rufus and Martha Wainwright, who both have incredibly successful solo musical careers. Bob Dylan had Jacob Dylan, who had the Wallflowers. Well, they had that big hit. One uh, one headlight, but and they, you know he he has a career. He has a musical career, and especially in America. I mean, not as big as his father's, but it's quite. It holds its own. And obviously, John and Yoko Ono had Sean Lennon. Well, John had Julian Lennon with a previous uh, marriage, and but he's not famous at all. Julian Lennon? Well, yeah. Oh moment. my God! Have Hang you not on. been looking at the links I've been putting in the bloody? <laughs> I told you, Ben. People don't like clicking the links. I've, I've, I've told you about it twice. I've told you about it at least once. Julian Lennon had an absolutely banging song called "Salt Water," um, which we're, we're going to listen to later. Which let's is probably fair to say is quite influenced by the Beatles, and it's really, really good. So there, because it has that that organ, that typical oh, organ, like um, yeah, like the strawberry fields, strawberry yeah. fields, you know. So it's like ah, oh, you know, obviously it's going to remind listeners of the Beatles. But how do you not do it? It's like it's the okay. In that case, it's the Beatles. Even if your dad was a Beatle, it's like look, the Beatles is bigger than family. It's 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 if you're a musician, if you're interested in making perfect pop songs, you're gonna you're gonna end up doing something that sounds like the Beatles. So if you're mm. the son of John, I mean, how to resist? But I tell you, you did this really well for me, Stella McCartney, right? Because yeah. yes. she, she went into something like different. Yeah. yeah, but where the name still counts, mm-hmm. yeah, and she's a massive, massive success. Yeah, in 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 fashion, and so even though you're the daughter of Paul McCartney, it's not like that many doors are going to open in fashion because you're the son of Probably. one of the b- biggest worlds. No, it's like it's Probably two you different have worlds. an easier path, but yes. it's still difficult to m- make a name other than the daughter of, and she's 
not the daughter of she's Stella McCartney. She like yeah. it's a, it's a brand, and, and yeah, that that's difficult. And it's the w to me maybe the most intelligent way to do it. Like another career path within the creative field, if you want to. But just like Bono's daughter, like maybe stick to acting because people are gonna say, oh, she's Bono's daughter or something. But yeah, maybe. I don't know, apparently Julian Lennon is super famous, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, we're, we're talking early 90s, but this was an absolute bang. I'm on, uh, this is, I'm on my mission to sort of rejuvenate him, because I was listening, I remember quite liking Saltwater at the time, and I listened to it again uh, the other day, and it's like, yeah, yeah, all right. But uh, in the case of Sean Lennon, which is the child that uh, John had with Yoko, uh, he's released quite a few albums. Thing is, the middle of the road, you know, it's never... No, he's released some quite weird albums, so hasn't he? Some hip hoppy kind of thing. Oh, has he? Well, he's really in with all that New York cool crowd. You know, he's friends with The Strokes and Adam Green and all those, all that kind of, or Macaulay Culkin. You know, they're part of that, mm -hmm. that, that those, those New York cool kids who all had parents who were in the glamorous life of the seventies and partied at Studio Fifty Four. Uh, but uh, I, I can't say I could hum a tune from Sean Lennon but that's the thing you know it's like he's, he's, he's you've got all those royalties from your parents you know yeah. you, there's, you, you <laughs> I think you should be just a nepotism kid like that's your career like most of these kids are the, well not I was thinking Lily Rose that Lily Rose is actually a, an actress too so is she the daughter of Vanessa Paradis as well? Yeah, but right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I kind of agree because imagine if you were like Paul McCartney's son, right? Yeah, and you went into accountancy, okay, and like you're in your first day at KPMG or something like that, and everyone's like, oh right, whoa, whoa, whoa but you know, are you Paul McCartney's son? Ha ha ha, laugh, 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 and like you get these kind of jokes, and like you know, you'd have to be like, you'd have to be t totally hiding, and like if people found out, they'd be like, well, why are you working for KPMG? Then you dick why don't you just go and like enjoy so you'd have to like hi either yeah. you'd be like yes i am paul mccartney's song son all right just get over it or you just have to hide it and then what would you do you'd be like oh where'd you go this weekend i went to a dad's house oh was was it nice yes it's a mansion down in, in brighton you know it's absolutely delicious. you can't you can't really say that or like you know oh yeah my dad's friend was around what like steve from the bakery no like you know ringo star you see what i mean yeah. it's, it's difficult you kind of almost have to have to go that way i'm quite fascinated i do any like are there any famous sons and daughters working for really, really banal jobs like well, accountancy it, not banal no no not, not on that level i mean nothing there must against be. accountants i got no, i know what you mean Oof. but you know it, it's nice to be able to a, a, um, afford to live in some kind of creative business. Jade Dagger, one of the, one of the many daughters of uh, Mick Dagger, she's got her own successful little uh, fashion boutique or something. And I remember a friend uh, said, you know, you go to London and you go to a shop, and there she is, you know, behind the counter, or you know, she's she's. It's not like oh, I'm a rich kid and I've got people working for me. You know, she's she's got her own business and she tries to do yeah. her own thing. And I, I didn't know that. I oh yeah, all the Jagger kids were models and stuff. Well, like, no, the son. <laughs> It was in vinyl the show the the TV series one of his sons which Mick Jagger executive produced. I wonder yeah. how he got that role. I, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, he does fit the profile, but it's like yeah, you know, it's like it's also not. I mean, if you're a parent, you also want your kids to be employed uh, to get them out of your hair, you know, and and make something out of themselves. Uh, I was just thinking of Amy Osborne. Do you remember like she was the Osborne that wasn't in the Osborne? Yeah. So I always found her very interesting. Like I, I thought she made I a very clever kind of decision because she was older when when they started making whereas kelly and jack were still pre you know 
very very young like pre-teenagers or something when that show started i think the other one was already in college or something and she probably used to like look i don't want to you know i want to do my own thing do you know i once met uh, uh kelly Osborne. <gasps> ah. did you and we were having a conversation oh um, my god about uh a madonna gig and i said oh did you go to that madonna gig and she went no because my mum called her a, <laughs> a very very rude word and yes like, oh yeah so so insolent! I I loved Kelly Osbourne. I still sorry love to really massively name drop that, but I was dead. <laughs> no, I you have to. Do that. Quality yeah. radio. She actually did an electro pop yeah, dark wave, right. new was, wavy album that wasn't bad. It had a good production, didn't was, it? That was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, but do you know? I thought like Amy. I was just looking her up, and I thought maybe she would be like a, doing a normal job, but now she's a singer. <laughs> she's a singer. Okay. I don't yeah. think you have a choice, Matt. If you're no, there's got to be someone. Wait, there's got to be someone. How would we know then if someone's like an accountant? It wouldn't even be on Google. Like we, it's untraceable. It's mystery. Well, no, maybe you would have met them someday. Or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that, that I, I don't meet this kind of people like you. I don't talk to Kelly Osborne and and I don't. No, know. but like you, you might do because if they're an accountant, they're not yeah. hanging out at like the, <laughs> yeah. you know. The oh, MTV. by the way, did you know I'm someone's daughter, <laughs> someone very famous. What what uh, look another th- ch- other children that come to mind the the Smith the Jada oh, Pinkett Smith kids um, it's because they they are talented they, I mean I don't know uh, J- uh, Jaden I remember hearing some of his first hip hop songs when he was really small mm-hmm. and it was good it had a flow it sounded it you know it, it, it sounded good and obviously he's he's it's the, the critics haven't supported his latest album so much, but, but know, he's okay. good. Yeah, I don't know why people kind of hate him a little bit, but he's good. I really enjoy and, and Willow's, Willow's album, her Willow's last album. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's an interesting album. It's a, an interesting pop record. It's like wow, this girl, she works hard at her her craft. I mean, yeah, I have faith in Willow. What's Chet Hanks doing these days? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That, I also thought of that. You know, Tom Hanks' son, he he wanted to have a career in patois reggae, wasn't it? Or he was like talking like them, like like some Jamaican guy. Hand down the, my favorite. Oh, no, but he was a little bit problematic, wasn't he? Yeah, because it was, I don't know. Oh, he, he was going to like, it's going to be white, white, boy summer, summer or something. white boy summer. White boy summer. Oh, dear, blimey. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised he said the N-word after impersonating a Jamaican person <laughs> on every day. Ted, <laughs> um, oh, I wish to meet him. I know. I mean, I, I, I just—it it must be just as cool to hang out with these these nepotism kids, you know. Especially if you get to hang out at the at the at the family mansion, and it's like, oh, you know, you, all of a sudden you see. Mm-hmm. This happened to Heinz. They went the the band Heinz. Uh-huh. They w- they ended up in an after party at uh, Harrison Ford's uh, son's house. Well, Harrison Ford's mansion. He wasn't there though, and it's like, my God, you partied at Han Solo I... Indiana Jones's house, oh and they God. saw his mother, like Indiana Jones's mother, like the the the, the, the his son's grandmother. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, How do you do that? I want that to be like. Go thing that happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Go and live in LA. <laughs> yeah. I know that thing. <laughs> yeah. It must happen so commonly. No, you end up going Maybe. to someone's house. I think I would be there living in LA being like, oh, when is it going to happen? When yeah. is it going to happen? And it would never happen, obviously, because <laughs> it's not that common. Like, <laughs> If it's like London, loads and loads of famous people live in London. But like yeah, you sort true. of, you know, it's not Rihanna like... Rihanna lived in London. Lives? Lived? 
or something. Lives, like isn't it? Didn't they? Yeah, Rihanna. Doesn't, um, what's his face? Oh my God, I've forgotten his name now. Um, Frank famously, Ocean. Frank Ocean, doesn't he? Frank Ocean spent no. a lot of time uh, making uh, Blonde in London for some reason and hanging out with like loads of um, drill kids and stuff, I think. But there's some, re- oh, I can't remember who it is. It's not going to help. But there's some like really famous like American music star really who you'd never think who lives in London. Oh, really Josh crazy. Hartnett. The actor. <laughs> <laughs> the one from Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah. He's that? no, no he's, not him. Okay, he's not no. a music star. <laughs> no, no, and no. I can fully believe he lives in London. But he but lives in London because <laughs> apparently in Hollywood, the Hollywood kind of turned their back on him because he wasn't as big a... He wasn't raking it in the box office as they expected because he was groomed to become the like next uh, Tom Cruise. So now he's like uh, having a really good second wind uh, in his acting career in, in London and he married a... I think he married an English uh, person. And he lives in England, yeah. I think the rapper Eve lives in London as well. Eve? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Oh, come on. Who is Eve? She had the blonde hair, like uh, dyed blonde hair, Eve. Uh, she was part of the Rough Riders crew, wasn't she? With oh, okay. DMX, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she was the female Rough Rider. Uh, she married Gumball Three Thousand founder Max and moved to London. So Amazing! Well, Madon- <laughs> Love that Madonna famously moved to London when she mar- married Guy Ritchie, and, and she became hated an English. It, yeah. yeah, she yeah she didn't connect with London. Well, it was all she she would sort of like put on a weird English accent and pretend to go to the pub, wouldn't she? Yeah. Or actually go to the pub. Which and, was and wear barbers and pretend she was like a royal, like hunting and, and doing all that kind of English stuff. Poor Madonna. <laughs> Poor Madonna. Should uh, we have a song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Julian Lennon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Here we go, finally. <laughs> Rob, Julian Lennon. Julian Lennon, are you convinced now? <laughs> Julian Lennon, get, give him his due. That's a pretty banging song. And in the video clip you sent, he really does look like his father. You know, he's got the... Yeah, John, when, when, he, when, when he'd take his glasses off. Yeah. How many people in the world, do you reckon, in the whole world, prefer Julian Lennon's music to John Lennon's? <laughs> One. I'm sure there's you. a niche. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> the only person that knows who Julian Lennon is. Shut up. No, he's <laughs> That was a worldwide hit. Shut up. <laughs> but um, I definitely prefer it to him to the Velvet Underground. Ah, good segue. I, okay. I mean, I don't, but you like that's <laughs> full of horse dung. Well, um, yes, Apple Music isn't trying to compete with other streaming platforms when it comes to movies and TV shows. Where it's kind of strong is in the music documentary department. That Beastie Boys show, directed by Spike Jones, was really something unique. And while we eagerly await to see what Peter Jackson has done with all that Beatles footage from the Let It Be recording sessions, music fans are rubbing their hands together in anticipation of the new Velvet Underground documentary. Basically, any music subject where there's loads of unseen archive footage in the hands of an Oscar-winning Hollywood director means we're in for a treat. Ben and I are of a generation that grew up listening to bands that were somehow influenced 
by the Velvet Underground's approach to making music and being at the forefront of counterculture. The Velvet Underground not only mixed arty left-field experimentation with pop sensitivities and a bit of punk ethos 10 years before punk officially became a thing, they were also part of Andy Warhol's fan factory of renegade boho artists, a scene that still fascinates art students to this very day. I have the feeling that I've been in awe of all that history since I was a teenager. That's a while ago. But lately, part of my 40-year-old crisis has to do with questioning all that came before. Everything I was taught that mattered somehow no longer feels that important. So I wonder, how does Mars Generation feel about these bands and cultural, cultural products that have been hyped and critically applauded for so long when there were times when some of these products were cultural capital and a lot of people simply jumped on the bandwagon because it made them seem cool or with it if they wrote about it or recommended it? Having put these thoughts out there, even though I wasn't born in the late 60s, I can contextualize why the Velvet Underground were such a groundbreaking band. But I was also old enough to know that there may have been other Velvet Undergrounds in other parts of the world, but they didn't live in a city where an elite group of cultural writers were elbowing each other to break out of a, a story of a scene, a subversive movement that would change the lives of many. Ben, are you looking forward to this documentary? Documentary, yes, the album that goes with it, absolutely not. It's what one a of, load of terrible, isn't it? Filler. Yeah. Cover. Well, I'm. I'm. I just generally don't like cover albums anymore. Like there are no good cover versions of. Well, no, there's very few good cover versions of Velvet Underground. There's about three in the whole world. Put it this way: Joy Division did a cover of the Velvet Underground. It was rubbish. Nirvana did a cover of the Velvet Underground. It was a bit rubbish. Like, and you know, so you think you're going to get well, like bloke out of the National to do it? You know. So. I'll be your mirror is that sound that accompanying soundtrack. Um, but how do you feel, Mar, about the Velvet Underground? I mean, what speak think, or openly? What does, does it, it mean anything to you? Yeah, I think <laughs> it 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 maintains like its reputation. Like when you were teenagers, it was not a thing. When you were teenagers, it was like a way to say like, oh look, I know all this stuff and I listen <laughs> to to this kind of music. And and it it still is because it's been so long since it was a thing. It's not like oh my parents listened to this band and I don't any like and now it's kind of horrible no it's it's like a way of pretending to be cool and and it's it's good music and i've seen a lot of people reading the patty smith um, book um, just kids mm -hmm. and there's a part in which they talk about um, the velvet underground and stuff and and i think it's a way of being like oh no i'm i'm not like other girls i read patty smith and i listen to the velvet underground like it's a thing it's a cultural kind of moment everyone has to go through and the Velvet Underground. And that is the Velvet Underground told <laughs> their place in the modern world. we got to go. Oh, that's it for today. Yeah. Uh, eight seconds to listen to a little bit of Iggy Pop covering the Velvet. Thank you for listening. <laughs>